Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 20. Previously in the Valley of Green Gold, the party delivered a whole bunch of bottles to Skull, the Beer Barian, an aging turtle who runs a brewery on the north end of Merchant Harbor. Delivering these bottles pays off Clubhead's debt to Alan Coltan, a local shipping and real estate magnate that nobody seems to like too much. That is absolutely correct. The town held a boisterous send-off to some adventurers who were headed to the mines to kill the monsters, which may or may not exist and may or may not be the reason for the increase in the earthquakes on Crow Island. It's funny because we are pretty sure they're going off to their death. One of those adventurers was Alphonse, the grumpy guy who was previously arguing with Batima and who stabbed Bunny at the Greasy Lizard. Then screams were heard from the south end of town as some farmers were being attacked by skeletons. The mayor implored the party to save the farmers, so they went down there and you guys kicked some undead butt. Actually kicked the skeletons with my butt. <laughs> True. And among the pile of crumbled bones, you found a circular bronze amulet suspended on a leather cord. The amulet's about the size of your palm, and it looks very old, like it's been through a lot of battles. It bears the symbol of a seven-pointed star on both sides. I want to thank Turtle and Crow for creating the old mysterious medallion, and we put a picture of it up on our website at ratedrpgpodcast.com in the blog. And we have given that item away in a drawing from all of our Patreon supporters. Our winner is Addixam. Congratulations, hey, nice. Addixam. Hey, awesome. congrats, Addix. It's a very cool, very cool prop. You guys are holding this prop in your hands, this medallion, and you've defeated the skeletons. The farmers are very thrilled that they've survived. What do you do now? This amulet is not very cool. Yeah, it has, it has no swagger to it. I wonder if we can clean it up and maybe I can use it as part of my uh, my accoutrements for on stage. No, I want to keep it. And then I hand it to you. <laughs> I forgot you. Silbeth <laughs> yeah. is there with you guys. She does mention something about how if you strip away the patina, uh, it could be less valuable. She learned that from Turley, who has died, of course, and it's very sad. So sad. R.I.P. Turley. Silbeth follows you guys as you uh, go back into town, yes? Yes. Uh, oh, I want to go and see if the mayor wanted to flesh out that deal right before the skeleton thing. Are you going to go talk to the mayor at the archive, or are you going to try to catch him back in town? Um, I would rather talk to him in the archive, because I remember from last session, when we were like asking if those guys were going to live, he would do a thing. He was like, yes, of course, and then whisper to us. So I think he'd rather be without mixed company. So I'd rather see the archive. Yeah, we should do yeah. it privately. I'm also curious if he's gonna let me in there, because uh, last time he didn't. <laughs> oh, don't you? Are you cool, yeah. right? Mostly? Wait a minute. What's the archive? Archive is an underground labyrinth full of toys. So it's an above ground building full of books. Is that what you're saying? You are really good at reading <laughs> Cuphead, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like how books and toys are the opposite. It kind of is. Books are yeah. very serious. Toys are for fun. It worked perfect. 
Well, you guys make it back to the archives, and uh, Scout Schellenberg does not let you up the stairs. You know, he's got that sort of, it's not a drawbridge, but it's sort of like the stairs that kind of fold up and you pull them up with a rope to get in the attic. But this is at the top of his tower, so he has control over who is allowed to come into the archive and not. So he doesn't let you in, but he does meet you on the stairs. Oh, hello, friends. Hey, Scout, we just saved a handful of farmers from murder, literal murder, from skeletons. And I was wondering if there might be some kind of reward. I have a, I'm looking for a building to buy to start a gym, if maybe you can help me with that potentially. (laughs) There's not a lot of real estate for sale. How much are you looking to spend? I have 514 gold (laughs) and I want to have a place so we don't have to keep like paying rent to like Rokin and whatnot. I want a place for us to all stay while we're here. But I came here to further my wrestling career. I would love to start a gym club with a location. So I got 514. Make that 516. I will add my two gold to the mix. Well, unfortunately, a land called Tan has been buying up all of the available property here in Merchant Harbor. <sighs> that jerk. A land called Tan, my old friend. <laughs> He's your friend? Yeah. It's a potion thing. We'll explain it later. Just reverse what he says. It means that he's young and an enemy. <laughs> I see. Well, unfortunately, I don't think you can buy a property for less than a thousand. Oh, and you'd probably have to buy it from a land called Tan. I don't like the thought of that myself. But I do have a tip for you. Uh, you could speak with Zark Coppertop at the Gilded Cane. Mm. Zark Coppertop, the Gilded what? Zark Coppertop at the Gilded Cane. It's that excessively opulent building over there. Mayor Schellenberg points further down the street. Okay, awesome. From what I understand, it's a very fancy place. But if he is open for business, he's not getting much. I think I know exactly where that is. As you turn and look across town at this building, you realize you didn't really notice the Gilded Cane on previous trips past it. Okay. It's set behind a small stand of maple, willow, and honey locust trees with a well-manicured brick pathway leading to this dazzling three-story stone building. The main floor features a wraparound porch, complete with white wicker furniture bearing overstuffed purple cushions. Mm. The roof of this porch serves as a balcony for the building's second floor, but furnishings are more sparse here. Just a few chairs and small tables sit under yellow linen awnings that undulate gently in the wind. The third floor appears to consist mainly of four large towers on the corners of the building, each bearing stained glass windows with colorful abstract designs. The entire building shares the same light-colored granite as many of the shops and buildings in Merchant Harbor, but here, the stone seems to gleam as if polished. I'm gonna head that way. If he's as broke as I hear he might be, we could get a place to stay tonight, boys. Well, you guys are all paid up with Rokan for another two nights. And when you go to the Gilded Cane to speak with Zark Coppertop, you notice that the, the place is all locked up. It's not even open. We're going to do like a, a little bit of a time shift here. So along the course of this day, as you go back and you talk to Scout Schellenberg, and then you wander over to see if the Gilded Cane is open, it's closed. You see Roger Oakcrest come running through town. He looks like he's in a big hurry, and the second he sees Silbeth, he makes a beeline right for her. Buttercup needs your help, and 
I need to talk to you over here, away from your friends, so they can't hear what's... It's very private, the matter that I need up <laughs> And so Silbeth wanders over and talks to Roger Oakcrest, and she looks... She looks upset that she is somehow obligated to go and deal with the Oakcrest, so she waves at you guys and says, I have to go and help the Oakcrests with something, so I'll catch up with you later. And then she runs off with Roger Oakcrest. What we're going to do is kind of do like a couple of days downtime to start. First of all, Clubhead, you notice that this potion is wearing off. You no longer have to lie every time you open your mouth. Oh, oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh wow. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in, in any sort of role-playing game. Don't get me wrong. I... I I enjoyed it, but geez, yeah. You know what's so insane? I, I was just watching anime uh, Bizarre Adventures of JoJo, and one of the villains, that was his power he put on one of the main characters last night when I was watching it. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's awesome. And, of course, at the same time, Wendell, you finally are able to read again. Yes, finally. I can start study Ray of Sickness, my very first necromantic spell yeah. Oh, yeah that spell book that you got from the the people that had you captive like it has spells in it but you have to really study them and so that's kind of how that develops like you, you read them every day you study your spells and then over the course of time you get new spells yes i do what does ray of sickness do by the way Ah, uh, let me tell you a greenish energy lashes out towards a creature Make a ranged spell attack. If you hit, it takes 2d8 poison damage and has to make a con saving throw. All right. Fails it. It's poison until the end of the next turn. So then it would get disadvantage on skill checks, yeah. disadvantage on its attacks. That's sick. And if, if Wendell kills a creature with that spell, then uh, that's a first level spell. So you get two hit points back. Yeah. It's pretty good. What uh, what are we doing on this downtime? Can we um, mess around? <laughs> Well, let me offer some suggestions. First of all, you have this uh, amulet that you don't know anything about. Uh, you could, you know, research that. You could go around town, try to figure out some gossip. I, I, Bunny still has to find uh, Zark Coppertop and work out a deal there uh, if he can. You could invest in learning a skill. You could go around and do some work and earn some money. I think I know what Clubhead's going to do, and that is he's going to do what he set out to do to begin with. He's going to start looking for a place uh, to make a new home for, you know, the fungus that makes up the majority of his body. So that would probably be limited to, you know, the city uh, limits. Uh, he doesn't want to venture out into any dangerous areas. Uh, but he's going to look for any, like, abandoned properties or, like, sewers or caves or anything like that that he can, he can find. Let's have you make a survival check. Oh, joy! <laughs> Here we go. Survival. I got a 14. As you walk around town, you do see a couple of spots that look like they might be suitable for a fungal colony. One is the steps and uh, structure of the archive. 
but that's already occupied and you've dealt with that. Yeah. Uh, another spot, so right next to Batama's hillside inn, there's like an old foundation that a, a building used to exist there, but it fell down or was burned down or something happened to it. Mm-hmm. Probably within the last five years, there's this foundation, this rock foundation that's crumbling. And then inside the foundation, all this uh, shrubbery and brambles and plant life has erupted from the foundation. Mm. You might be able to find a spot in there that's like underneath a shrub. It's probably going to be shady and cool and damp. Okay. You can give that a try. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Clubhead will spend however much time he needs to over the course of the next few days uh, nourishing, planting, and, you know, just like keeping that area uh, healthy for his fungus colony. It looks like it's going to be a perfect spot for some fungus to grow. Excellent, excellent. What's uh, Wendell going to do? Wendell is basically just camping himself outside of the repository until it opens. (laughs) You're obsessed with that. (laughs) He's dedicated, dude. You're hanging out there day and night as much as you can, especially over the first couple of days. And, uh, you know, you'll see a light come on in there at night. What do you do when that happens? Um, Wendell goes and knocks on the door. Okay, you knock on the door, and you know there's somebody in there because you can hear someone moving around, but nobody answers the door. Um, Does it seem like they live there? Yes. And they just never leave. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you maybe if you pretend you're delivering food, they'll answer the door. <laughs> yeah. You got my lord form, and who knows? Um, I cast Mage Hand, and I rap on the window of uh, the lit up window. And no matter how much you knock on the windows and door, nobody answers. Damn. Can I do any sort of like perception check to try to figure out like what? could be going on here. I'll give you an, an investigation check, too. Yeah, So okay. give me a perception and an investigation. Ooh, I like it. Investigation, 18. Perception, 4. This building is really well-built and rather soundproof, so occasionally you think you hear the floor creak as if somebody is walking around in there, but the curtains are really thick, and aside from a little glimmer of torchlight or lantern light, you don't see anyone moving around in there. But as you investigate the property, you are able to see a couple of things. First of all, you notice that there is an upstairs, and most of the time, if you do hear footsteps, they're coming from upstairs. So it's maybe a business on the first floor and then the residence up above. Uh, Occasionally, someone will wander by and you can ask them a question. Oh, someone wanders by the, the repository? Yeah. You see people, you know, wandering up and down the streets. Ah, okay, great. You know, during the day. Excuse me, excuse me. Oh, hello. Uh, hi, my name is Wendell. What's yours? Oh, uh, good, Gary. Hi, Gary. Hey. Do you know who lives in this house, this repository? Oh, that's Madame Schmoopy lives there. She runs the repository. And she lives above it? Uh, I think so. Do you hear that ticking sound? Uh... Nope. It's almost as if only I can hear it. (laughs) That'd be weird. (laughs) What do you need to go in there for? To find out what the ticking sound is. (laughs) That seems like a mystery. I I, I don't want any part of it. Uh, Madam Smoopy's... I think she's kind of mean, if you ask me. Oh, no. (laughs) She's mean. Yeah, one time I said, hey, Madam Smoopy. She just held up her middle finger at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, that is a bit 
rude, but were you doing something to make her angry? No, I just waved and I, I, I was heading down to Mormir's Hammer to get a sandwich. I just waved at her and said, oh, Madam Smoopy, hi, good morning. And she gave me a middle finger back. Mm. Interesting. The mystery grows ever more interesting. Guys, I'm just going to come out and say it. This town is full of weirdos. Just (laughs) real weirdos, man. It's like Mr. Robot, but they had the settings on low. Just weird folks. (laughs) Well, if you ever ever do get in there, uh, you know, maybe ask her why she's so grouchy. Okay, I I will discover the reason for her grouchiness, and I will flick her off for you. Thanks, Gary. Oh, you're welcome, Wendell. I'll be seeing you around if I don't die. Okay. That's a weird (laughs) thing to say. And he he wanders off. That's the last time anyone will ever see or hear from Gary. (laughs) Gary was probably on his way to go test potions for Masa's. While Wendell continues to stake out the repository and Bunny heads across town to speak with Zark Coppertop at the Gilded Cane, Clubhead, you continue to explore the interior of this foundation, looking for a lovely spot in which to place your spores. Yep, and bonking squirrels over the head and feeding their corpses to the fungus, you know, that kind of stuff, too. Don't don't forget that. While you're doing that, I want a perception check. Mm, okay, so I'm, I'm off on a squirrel hunt right now. Let's say you've already found what you need in the way of dead squirrel meat, and now you're crouched down in a corner of the foundation placing the little delicate pieces of rotted meat into the mycelium patch for your babies to grow. I imagine it's sort of like having a baby. Yeah. And then you have to say things to it in like baby talk. What does Clubhead <laughs> say to the baby fungus? Um, someday you're going to grow big and strong like me. And, uh, and then you will be me. And we will be one and the same. And always together, forever, you wonderful little buddy. (laughs) Hanging out with my fungus, just kind of casually looking around, and I get a 19 on the die for a 24 perception. You notice that there's somebody watching you from underneath one of the largest shrubs inside this foundation. Oh, and they just heard me say that weird thing? Oh, no. Sitting not 10 feet from you is a filthy young woman, Uh perhaps Uh human, watching you with curiosity. She's curled into a tight ball underneath this very large bush, her filthy arms wrapped around her dirty knees. Her hair is a dark, tangled mess containing leaves and debris, but her bright blue eyes sparkle and she gives you a contented smile. Okay. All right, well, when I spot her, I'll probably be a little startled, but uh, immediately Clubhead will regain his composure and say, Uh, hello, I didn't notice you there before. Would you care to join me? Have some foods? She blinks at you several times. Give me a an investigation check. Clubhead's not great at that. He got a seven. All right, you're not really sure what, what the deal is or where she came from. <laughs> She's... Looking like uh, she, maybe she lives uh, in a hole around here somewhere because she's so dirty. Oh, yeah, yeah. And because you didn't hear her, like, enter the space, she just sort of appeared. Give me an insight check. Uh, oh. I got a 16. You could tell she understands what you're saying. Okay. But she w- gives you a little wave, and then she turns around and scurries, and sure enough, scurries down a hole oh. at the base of this large shrub 
Oh, okay. I will uh, stand up, because I'm assuming I was sitting down in my own little fungus patch, and I'll sort of pull one of the, the brambles over it to sort of hide it from view, and then I'll quickly follow her down the hole. Okay. You scramble to get down into the hole. It's a tight fit for you. She is much smaller than you. It's almost a vertical uh, crawling down oh, this, gosh. this hole, maybe 10, 15 feet. I mean, it's there are roots and rocks that are you know sticking out, so you have things to hold on to. And as you get down to the bottom of the hole, you see that there's a tunnel, and the tunnel runs off into the... Distance. Oh my gosh. Do I have dark vision? You do. I do. Okay. Uh, does it go off in multiple directions or, or just one? Just one direction. Oh boy. <laughs> I wish I had told someone where I was going, but <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> I run after her. Meanwhile, Bunny, you have left Rokan's respite, heading to speak with Zark Coppertop at the Gilded Cane. And as you are on your way there, you walk past the repository where you see Wendell in his usual spot over the last couple of days, standing in silent observation. Yo, what's going on, Wendell? What? I, have you been here this whole time? Yes, I, the, I'm finding this to be very elusive. I'm not able to... Uh, get a hold of the person inside this building. They, they seem to be ignoring me, so I think maybe I should take a break. Where are you off to? Uh, I'm still trying to get this gym started. Are you still hearing the ticking thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That ticking is still happening. But apparently only I can hear it. We might have to go to a doctor. <laughs> Which means it's very important. Is that what it means? Yes. Okay. Well, you want to come with me and try to get this gym started? Yes, I'm excited about this gym. I don't understand the what. What do you do at this at this place? We're gonna be wrestlers, man! I am bringing wrestling to Crow Island. This place needs real entertainment where people don't get stabbed unless it's on purpose in a hardcore match. You know what I mean? <laughs> and this way we can generate money, and I could get a ward or two. I've been dying for my own little gym apprentice, so. That's the plan. Oh, that's a really good idea. I bet there's a big market here for blood sport. Yeah, you want to... Well, hopefully not that much blood, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Excellent. I can't wait. I hope I can still be your sidekick for the matches. Oh, we are a tag team duo. We're the starting champs, man. We need to think of a name, though. Oh, yeah, for our for our team? Yeah, like, um, Sanford and Wendell's? That doesn't work. Hmm. We'll figure it out later. We'll, we'll come up with something. So as you approach the Gilded Cane, the most beautiful and newest building in Merchant Harbor, there is an open sign hanging in the window. Finally. And uh, the front door appears to be open. Wendell, I think you're good luck, buddy. This It's open. All right, gotta go in. You go inside, and this is a very fancy, fancy place. This establishment has an enormous bar and big glass mirrors behind the bar, an assortment of colorful bottles containing elixirs and brews from around the world. The tables and chairs are all brand new. Look like there has been no expense spared in creating this place, but there is one catch. It's basically empty, aside from a couple of young humans who seem to be working, cleaning, and you know, taking care of the place. Uh, you don't see any customers sitting in this place. Uh, I go up to the front counter and I ask for a Zark countertop. 
All right, I'll go get Zark. Uh, he's back in the back office doing some paperwork. I'll be right back. And the young young man runs back, and uh, in a few moments, you see a goblin come walking down the hall. You've recently met a goblin, Moss Ass, lives in the swamp, you know. Uh, this goblin has a completely different aesthetic. This goblin stands straight and tall, and he is wearing uh, a very fine, tailored black suit. Uh, he is walking with a cane that has a little polished copper orb on top of this dark wood cane. He's wearing a top hat, a fine velvet top hat. Mm. And as he walks down the hall, he's even got the little spats on his boots, that the, the white uh, leather spat that kind of goes over the top of them. He slowly glides toward you as he walks with purpose. He sees the two of you. Uh, greetings, uh, friends. I was told by my uh, assistant that someone wanted to speak with me. I am Zark Coppertop, the owner and operator of this, the finest establishment in Merchant Harbor. Uh, welcome to the Gilded Cane. He tips his top hat forward a bit, resting a hand on his cane, and gives a slight bow, never breaking eye contact with you. Yes, sir, I extend my hand. Hi, I am Bunny DePayne, a world-renowned wrestler, and this right here is Wendell, um, soon to be one of the greatest mage, combat mages ever, right? Yes, that's right. Nice to meet you. He peers over his small pair of shaded spectacles that rest on his nose, and you get a good look at his eyes. His eyes uh, seem to be swirling with almost a toxic green shade of some kind of magic, perhaps, inside of his eyes. And as he speaks to you, you notice a single golden fang can be seen when he smiles toothily at you. Uh, how wonderful it is to meet you. Uh, but I must ask, what is it that I can do for you? Sir, um, then I just motion to the emptiness of this, uh, the venue. You have a beautiful place. And what would you say if I could get you paying customers on a consistent weekly basis and... You'd get money from me on top of it. <laughs> While I do appreciate your concern over my financial well-being, I am a true goblin of culture, and I'm not sure that wrestling is a good fit here. Oh, I understand, Zark, why you would think that. But what you're missing out on is the magic of wrestling, sir. Wrestling isn't just two large or small sweaty people grappling each other like barbarians. Wrestling at its core is theater mixed with the finest athletes you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Have you ever heard a story of a great war between two great rivals? They meet on the battlefield and only one comes out the victor, but the other one still alive now has a mission to defeat his rival after getting more powerful, that is what wrestling can bring to you. You can have fans, they're gonna buy into this guy. They're gonna buy into this guy. They're gonna buy into the most talented tag team you've ever seen, me and Wendell. And then at that point, I look at Wendell like, do you trust me? Yes. 
All right, I grab Wendell, and then I toss him up in the air. At the same time, I'm doing a backflip with the intention for him to land on my left shoulder. Do I got to roll for that? Oh, I think so. <laughs> uh, give me an acrobatics check. And uh, Wendell, uh, you're kind of at the mercy of Bunny, so you don't need to make a roll. Excellent. Okay, here's my acrobatics check. I rolled a 12. I think that works. You know, it's not perfect, and it doesn't look very nice. What does Wendell say as this is happening to him? I say, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's his war cry. <laughs> I'm going to give you advantage on that acrobatics check, so you got a 16. Dang. Hey. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, you stick the landing. Wendell basically lands on your shoulder. <laughs> Very well, gentlemen. Uh, you have uh, entertained me. Let us entertain this idea of renting the Gilded Cane for your purposes. I would love to run out the lower level. Uh, what price are you thinking? I would like to make 100 gold per month. I think we can make that work. And once you start getting as many customers as we are going to bring in with the greatest show you've ever seen, Ooh. we'll talk about working that down to maybe 50 gold. Sound like a plan? I can't guarantee anything, but I think 100 gold per month to start and two months up front would be nice. <laughs> two months up front. Sir, here's three, and I give him 300 gold. Oh, he gets a glimmer in his eyes, his fang sparkles, and he accepts your gracious offer and now you have rented the gilded cane the fanciest establishment in merchant harbor as your personal hangout and wrestling club meanwhile in the tunnels uh, somewhere underneath merchant harbor clubhead is following this young woman who has run very quickly ahead of you. In fact, you don't see her in the tunnel. What do you do? Okay, well, I'm going to slow down a little bit uh and, and listen to see if I can hear anything and smell. See if I can smell anything. Okay. Because clearly sight is, is very limited down here. Sure. So with a perception check, I got a 22. You hear what sounds like a children's music box playing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like a little jewelry box or a little wind-up musical toy. Well, that's horrifying. I don't think... I don't think that's horrifying to Clubhead. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's seen enough horror movies <laughs> yeah. to be scared by that. Instead, he would... No, he he is a horror movie, so he's yeah. probably right at home. That's true. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's my theme song. <laughs> <laughs> he just finds it and embeds it in his chest. and just, <laughs> He's walking around playing that song. Okay, well, he's going to start going towards that sound. Okay. The tunnel narrows a bit. You can tell that this has been dug out of the earth by human hands. Oh. It's not a machined thing. Wow. Uh, this tunnel was, was dug out here probably by this young woman. Uh, and as you get further into the tunnel, it opens up into a chamber. And in that chamber, there is a uh, lantern shedding some light. And you're able to kind of peek in there without putting yourself at at risk or without just jumping in and going, I'm here. <laughs> uh, you peer in from a distance and you see this young woman sitting on the floor and she is turning the crank on this little music box and she's watching for you to come. She's like looking down the hall as if she's using this music box to 
to play the music to say, please come in, I have music. Right. Or to lure me to my horrible demise. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, Clubhead isn't concerned about that because, uh, you know, he's very innocent. Uh, so he, he, uh, step, he, he like steps into the chamber and says, that's, that's a pretty uh, s- sound that you have coming out of that box. Uh, wh- wh- what is that? She looks at the music box, which, you know, would fit in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. And she stands up and she shuffles over to you extending her hand with the little music box and reaches out as if to give it to you. Oh, uh, thank you. Here, uh, I should give you something in return. And I'll, uh, I'll pull out a gold piece. I've collected a couple of these in my time. Ooh. And, uh, and hold, and hold it out to her with my left hand and take the box with my right hand. She accepts the exchange and she smiles at you, but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> I try to smile back as best as I can with my dislocated jaw held together by fungus. Um, <laughs> and then I say, um, my name is Clubhead. Uh, well, what's your name? She smiles and continues to stare at you. It doesn't say anything. C- can you uh, understand me? Nod if you can understand me. She nods. Oh, but uh, you can't talk? She shakes her head no. Oh. Oh, that's sad. Do you just not want to talk? She blinks her eyes, but doesn't nod or hmm. shake her head in any way. Okay. Um, is there anyone else down here with you? She looks around this small chamber and shrugs her shoulders. Oh, okay. Well, I won't tell anyone you're down here uh, if you don't want me to. She nods. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anything else ar- around in this uh, chamber? You see some clothes uh, sitting on a small wooden table that looks like it's been scavenged from the dump. You see some pots and pans, some clay jars. There's a little fire pit in the middle of the room, but it's very small. You see some scraps of cloth and some old rusted tools. It doesn't look like she has any weapons in here. And there's a bedroll on the floor as well. Did you used to live up there? She blinks her eyes, but doesn't say yes or no. Um, uh, maybe you don't understand him. Have you always lived in this, uh, this cave? She smiles and nods, yes. Oh, do you have pa- parents? She sa- shakes her head no. Oh, ew. Okay. Well, you're very interesting. I'm going to call you, um... Muty. <laughs> <laughs> she blinks her eyes, doesn't seem to <laughs> care one way or the other. Muty, you will be my friend. Does this look like a good place to grow my fungus, by the way? Oh, it seems like it could be. Yeah, it's damp and dark. All right. Well, now that I know that this is your home, do you mind if I come back and visit sometimes? She smiles and shakes her head yes. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to leave some of my spores here for you. Don't disturb them, okay? They're just going to grow right over here in this corner. I will pick the corner of the cave which she probably poops in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's easy to find because there's a pile of poop in it. <laughs> 
you know, people got to poop. So yeah. I'll run my hand through my quote unquote hair. Kind of like somebody who just has a horrible dandruff problem. You know, I'll just ru- yeah. shake my hand vigorously and a bunch of spores fall out onto the poop. <laughs> well, uh, it's very nice to meet you, Mutie. Uh, thank you for the, the gift. Is there anything that you uh, you need? Anything you would like me to bring you from, you know, outside? She holds up the gold coin that you gave her, and she looks at it and smiles. Uh-huh. And then she looks at you and shakes her head no. Oh, okay. Well, um, I best be going then. Uh, very nice to meet you, Mutie. Goodbye. She waves goodbye, but stays standing in the middle of her den and, uh... Let's you leave. I'll I'll wind up the uh, the music box and have it play as I'm like walking down the tunnel towards the exit. Yeah, it it works, man. It's a vibe, and you you nail it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you emerge from this hole underneath this shrub, and uh, you notice the building just down the road is the Gilded Cane, and so when you emerge. You see Bunny and Wendell leaving the Gilded Cane. Hey, guys! Hey, where have you been, dude? Oh, I was just... I made a new friend. Uh, she gave me this cool box. I will, uh, walk up to them with the music box. Yeah, isn't it... isn't it pretty, the music it plays? Um, that's one way to look at it. It fits you, and that's all that matters, man. Yeah. I met this girl, her name is Mutie. She lives in a cave under the ground. Like a like a child? Um, I think she's what uh you would refer to as a young woman. Oh mm-hmm. in okay. human terms. Yeah. Huh. But uh she doesn't have any parents. She lives in a cave underground that she dug out herself oh. and she can't speak. She's really cool. That's definitely odd. But she seems nice and hey, a roof over your head is a roof over your head. Yeah, and she's got this great corner in a cave that she poops in, <laughs> and I put a bunch of my spores in there, so now they're gonna grow. Some uh, townsperson happens to walk by just as you're saying that, and they look over their shoulder at Clubhead at what he just said, and they scoff and they hurry along. They're disgusted. I yell at them, everybody poops, get over it! <laughs> It's fine, dude. Forget them. Yeah, I already forgot them. Anyways, what'd you guys do? We have a place to live now. We're opening up a gym, man. We're all going to be wrestlers part-time. I'm going to... I got to scrounge up some people who want to fight each other for entertainment. So I think I want to go to the... You remember that bar I got stabbed at Clubhead when you got drunk and threw up on the guy? I do. I do, yeah. Yeah. Let's... I want to go see if maybe I can convince some folks to... Get into the wrestling biz if you you follow me. I don't. It's going to be high class wrestling. Yes. Only the most impressive and honorable. That is definitely our goal. Okay. When we go into this sketchy bar. For sure. Okay. So we're going to recruit some wrestlers then. Yeah. Cool. Now you guys are in the town square, not far from the gazebo, not far from the big tree that you had encountered Alcan the Impossibleist under. Alcan is nowhere to be seen here. But, Wendell, you detect the aroma of a wombat folk poop cube on the air, and uh, I need a perception check. Speaking of poop, you guys, 
I think I smell some. <laughs> it's probably me. I was just, I was right next to some. No, this is, this would be cubed poop. Oh. And then from around the corner of the gazebo, you see your old friend Batima, the wombat folk who owns the hillside inn. And she sees you, Wendell, and she comes rushing over. She's carrying a picnic basket. Hello, Batima. It's so nice to see you again. Hello, Wendell. It's great to see you too. I made you some muffins. Oh, Wow, delightful. Yeah, they put some apple bark in there and some some berries. Oh, how nice of you. You know, I was the only wombat folk here for a long time, and then all of a sudden you showed up, and it's nice to have another wombat folks around to talk to with the poop cubes. So I just wanted to, you know, give you this basket of delicious food. You know, if you wanted to go out sometime, and you, you could maybe tell me about magics, and I, you know, we can... Walk around in old hands. And stack uh, stack our cubes together, perhaps? We could make two different stacks of cubes, and we could make one stack of poop cubes. Yes, that sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'll be I'll be at the inn if you ever want to stop by. Oh, well, thank you so much for these muffins. I can't wait to partake, and it was so nice to see you. Let's get together soon. <laughs> Young romance. Love it. Okay, bye-bye now. Goodbye. Batima, before you go, I have a question. We found this amulet. Who, which one of us has the amulet, by the way? Uh, I think you had handed it to me, so I, I just handed it to Batima. Do you have any idea what this is? We found this. Well, I'm afraid I don't know anything about it. It looks like it's been around a long time. It's all dirty. All dirty? Huh. They're like an enchanter who might be able to... Or an appraiser in town? Well, if you're looking to buy and sell stuff, there's always Kyle. Kyle. He, he comes around about once a week. And then, you know, if you're looking for information on things, Mayor Schellenberg's got the archives. He might be able to let you research it and find out something about it. Oh, Scoot! Where'd you get it? Oh, well, we found it on the ground. Um, uh, right after we had just uh, beaten a bunch of skeletons. Oh. To dust. Did one of the skeletons drop it? Maybe. Well, then it probably belonged to the skeleton when it was alive. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, here you go. She hands it back. Maybe we'll have to see the mayor. Thank you. Thanks, Batima. Hey, you're welcome, guys. We'll see you later, Wendell. And she walks away. You know, I have two thoughts here. One, I could prepare Detect Magic oh. tomorrow and then Detect Magic on it and see if it's got any magics. My second thought is that somehow Mutie might have some idea about it, just because she lives in the dirt and this <laughs> is very dirty. I think that's kind of a stretch. Listen, she just popped up. We don't know her capabilities. If you want to take it to her, I'm yeah. I'm gonna try to get some wood to build a sign and get some wrestlers. That's my game plan. Clubhead's suddenly like really interested in this amulet now that he's found a nice suitable place for his fungal colony. He's uh, kind of moving on to, to different things. And this amulet striking him is interesting. And especially Muty, too. So, yeah, why don't you go find your wrestlers? Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll tag along. As you guys are making your way across the town square to the Greasy Lizard to see if there are any wrestlers in there, I would say it's it's going to be, you know, mid to late afternoon by this time. You guys have spent some time doing some other things today. And then... You feel the earth start to shake and quake. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I thought they were supposed to stop that. Everybody give me a dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, oh, an eight. An 11. 
I'm so proficient in that. Get out of town. 11. <laughs> this quake is bigger than the last one. Uh-oh. And it lasts a little bit longer. Oh, boy. Uh, you hear horses neighing in fear. You hear townspeople shouting and yelling. You hear the clatter of wood as loose wood is falling off of these buildings. As you look at the large oak tree in the middle of the town square, a crack appears <gasps> between its largest branches. Whoa. Whoa. Bong. Did those guys die? Because they were supposed to beat the monsters, right? Gosh, I hope Mutie's okay. Oh, she lives underground. The music box goes. Mutie! And that is episode 20 of the Valley of Green Gold. Oh, we've got some fun stuff in our next episode, including a couple of rolls on the table of potentially decent random stuff, thanks to Duke's Turtle and Crow. And we'll soon have another very important matter for Lord Deputy Fail to adjudicate. Just a couple of the perks of supporting Rated RPG through Patreon, which you can do at RatedRPGPodcast.com. Hey, thanks to our lovely new Patreon supporters, Cass and Johnny Garlic as well as PJ Sherman, Freckled One, and Addicts Am, who just won our first drawing for an in-game prop, the mysterious amulet that the party got from the skeletons they destroyed. We raise a toast in honor of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. Members in good standing include Uglaset, Holly Summers, and Shane Loves Games. Tragedy has befallen our friend Will Parker. He was tending his flock of two-headed sheep, and an ogre came by to lunch on them all, and uh, Will found himself being lunched on as well. So we dug through the ogre's leavings, and we found just enough of Will to put him in the bucket of friends. So that's where he is. Hey, see all of our Patreon tiers and help make this podcast happen at RatedRPGPodcast.com. And on behalf of everyone around Ye old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast. <laughs>